0: Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Today we are going to talk about salt. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. He says this before saying, you are the light of the world. And while there are many church songs and hymns that proclaim the significance and joy of being the light in the world and sharing this light, including the song we started our worship with, where are the songs that proclaim our saltiness? There might be some, a line here or there, but I can't think of any really good ones. So today we're going to at least talk about salt some more. And maybe, just maybe, someone here will be inspired to write the great salt hymn we all need. So let's start with what can we say about salt? Today, we probably hear most often that we should avoid consuming too much of it. Modern diets are in danger of containing too much salt, processed food, fast food, canned items. Add it all together, and it's too much of a good thing. But for most of history, this hasn't been the case. Salt is necessary for survival, and you had to seek it out. Animals found salt licks and created paths to those salt sources, and those paths became roads where people settled along and built up community. Salt is a mineral that our bodies need to function. And yet it's something that we can't produce ourselves. It has to come from outside of us. Every cell in our body requires it. It's part of what keeps the electrical current in our bodies humming, allowing nerves to send signals. Salt helps control the amount of water in our bodies too, helping us to store up what we need. In one of my scripture commentaries this week, I read that to the people during Jesus' time throughout Mesopotamia, Salt was considered a symbol of wisdom and purity. Salt is also a great preservative. Before refrigeration, there was salt. It kept food safer longer, allowing food to travel distances and to be stored through leaner times. And we can't forget that salt is delicious. Our bodies need it, so it makes sense that we evolved to crave it, to enjoy and delight in what salt brings to the flavor party. But what is it exactly that salt tastes like? It's hard to describe, but we know when it's missing. Salt brings out the deliciousness of other things, making tomatoes or a steak or even a chocolate chip cookie taste more like itself somehow, each richer in flavor, more vibrant than without salt. It makes savory foods more savory and provides that nice counterpoint to sweet. Salt affects the buoyancy of water. The Dead Sea has a very high salinity, making it easy and fun to float in it, so salt can help lift us up. And salt, as every bar that serves peanuts knows, makes us thirsty. It leads us to one of our other basic needs, water. Starting in the 1920s, when iodine deficiencies were leading to life-threatening thyroid issues, the question was how to get iodine, another thing our bodies need, into the common diet. The solution was to add it to table salt, and iodized salt was born. Because salt was already, in almost every home, almost overnight, the problem went away one of the most successful and least expensive health initiatives of all time. Salt is so incredibly important that when Gandhi was protesting the British occupation of India, Gandhi targeted the salt laws as particularly inhumane. Britain's colonial rule forbade native Indians from manufacturing or selling salt and forced them to buy it at a high cost from British merchants. The salt laws, because salt is so important, impacted everyone, rich and poor, Hindu and Muslim alike. But of course, it had the most impact on those already experiencing poverty. Gandhi and his followers walked 241 miles over 24 days to the Arabian Sea. The beach was rich with salt deposits, and he led the people in harvesting their own salt as a form of civil disobedience. The Salt March gained international news coverage, introducing the world to Gandhi, his followers, their cause to liberate India, and their commitment to nonviolence. The Salt March was a catalyst that eventually led to India's independence. I feel like I could go on, but as you see, salt is really important stuff. One of the basic building blocks of life. In today's gospel, we're reading just a small section of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, It started with the Beatitudes, which we read last week, that unexpected upside-down list of who God considers blessed. And Jesus continues to build a vision of God's heavenly kingdom, a vision that is both beautiful and, frankly, terrifying, a comfort and a challenge, including all that God desires and expects. From us, Jesus is preaching to the disciples who he called and the crowd who is now gathered around them. And he says, you are the salt of the earth. I don't know exactly which aspect of salt that Jesus was thinking of when he spoke these words. Was he saying people need you right now? God needs you. People are required for the electricity of the Holy Spirit to keep humming. That we have some divine wisdom or purity of spirit that comes from following Jesus. Maybe that we can preserve the things that are good, the things that God created and keep them good for a long time. Maybe he means you are that magic ingredient that brings out the best in others, that you're delightful and enjoyable, that you're called to lift others up. Your saltiness, your words and actions will lead people to thirst for Jesus. You're a source for healing. You will start revolutions and work for justice. I can't say exactly, maybe several of those things. But considering the role of salt, of all that it does, of all that we need it for, it feels like a really big deal. And within that same breath, Jesus, without so much as pausing, continues, but when salt has lost its taste, How can saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. The Sermon on the Mount is both a comfort and a challenge. How amazing to be lifted up, to be called salt. You are needed. But then this warning, this caution, When salt has lost its taste, it's no good. So being people who are called to follow Jesus, when we read this, we might worry to ourselves. I was claimed in baptism, sealed with the Spirit, marked with the cross. Can I lose that? Can I stop being salt? Is that in my control, something I should worry about? Here's one last fun fact about salt. I saved it for exactly this moment on purpose. Salt doesn't lose its saltiness. Salt doesn't go bad, it can't go bad. Every other spice in your pantry will, in time, become tasteless. But salt will never lose its taste. You can dissolve it in water, watch it disappear, Then let the water evaporate and you will have salt again. Salt, scientifically speaking, never loses its saltiness. And surely Jesus knows this. So what does he mean? Salt, for all of its benefits and wonderful attributes, needs to be used. Salt never stops being salt But we lose all the benefits of its saltiness when we don't use it. When it sits on a shelf gathering dust or tucked away inside a pantry, hidden. Like a light hid under a bushel that no one can see, a light is useful in its shining by how it transforms its surroundings, putting everything in that gentle glow. When it's hidden, who even knows that it's there? It's the same with salt. God is bringing God's heavenly kingdom to earth and we'll never, we will never stop being children of God. We can rest in that promise. And, and we are needed. We are called. The danger here isn't losing salvation. It's not losing our salt status. The danger here is becoming lukewarm about all that God is doing. We're so used to hearing about God's unending love that we forget how amazing that is. We forget to share it sometimes. We forget to allow God's love to inspire our lives and everything we do. We get distracted and too busy with less important things, We can forget to participate in what God is doing. We get caught up in doing things for ourselves that we forget to do things for others. Get caught up in our own problems so that we fail to see the need and injustice around us. We can leave our salty selves on the shelf where we're just collecting dust. But Jesus is offering an invitation Jesus is in the process of making all things new, the kingdom of heaven coming to earth, and we are invited into that transformation. We are invited to fully participate and experience a life with God, to be a vital part in God's mission, to feel that holy electricity, that feeling when we're in the place God wants us to be doing what we're called to do, to witness to God's work in our own lives, to preserve the gospel for the next generation, to live with the richness and fullness of knowing we are loved, to let God use us to transform the world around us, to feel that joy in bringing out the best in others, in encouraging and healing and serving our neighbors. Being salt, being light, it's an invitation to live not only for ourselves, but to live for others, to follow the example of Jesus, living a life where we share the love that God first showed us every day, wherever we go. We are salt. And I think that's worth singing about as soon as someone writes that song. (laughs) But until then, let us remember that we are loved and that we are invited into God's holy and transforming work, bringing heaven to earth. May God use us and keep us salty. Amen.